Hey guys, I'm Felissa Rose Angela from Sleepaway Camp, and you're listening to Throbbing with Horror. <laughs> fiends and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how you doing not bad um doing a lot better than jane doe did in this movie <laughs> well i don't know she seemed to be doing pretty good oh spoilers by the end of the movie yeah by the end of well yeah she uh her toe twitches a little bit which makes me excited where like i wonder if they ever do a sequel i'm on i was thinking about that i don't think they ever will because it'd be so much like this one yeah, and honestly, or go, like, completely, like, batshit crazy with it, where now, like, she's Agatha from, like, uh, that WandaVision show, where she's oh, just, yeah. like, terrorizing a town. That'd be cool. I don't see them ever actually taking this further, which, this makes sense as a one-off, but I'd, I'd watch it. Oh, yeah, which, um, like you said, Autopsy of Jane Doe, um, came out in 2016. First time watch for me. Yeah, uh, second for me. Okay, this is one of those movies I always, like, I've heard a lot about over the years, and, like, you always see that, like, famous picture of, like, her, like, just white face on, like, the slab. This is one of those ones that I always see, like, anytime, like, if I'm on Reddit or Twitter or something on, like, horror stuff, someone will be like, what's a good movie from, like, the 2010s, like, that I haven't seen? This is one that always seems like it's recommended. Oh yeah, now, now after like finally getting to watch it, it's like I have no idea why it took me so long. But that's another reason I love this podcast is like forces you to watch movies that you might not have checked out like beforehand. Like it could have been another ten years. Well, like, this is one that was on my list, but I was like, I'll get to it at some point, and I'm so glad I finally got to it. Yeah. So overall, what do you think of it? Overall, I had a fucking great time. I'm setting upstairs. Like, a lot of times, you know, I'm setting upstairs watching the movie. You know, I'm paying attention to it, but I might, like, look at my phone a tiny bit and then, like, oh, okay, I'm going to pause it and go downstairs, see Liz. This one, I was just engrossed in the screen of just, like, I didn't touch my phone, except for the very beginning, I took a picture of, like, the title thing. And then, um... I didn't go downstairs at all. I didn't pause it. I was just like, what's going to happen next? Like, it really got me. Oh, good. I had no idea what you'd be like with this. Because this style of movie, anytime me or you talk about anything like this, is either really big hit or really big I don't like it with you. So I, I this could have gone either way. I wasn't sure what I was going to get from you with that. And I really wasn't sure at first either. when Because at first it's like supernatural stuff is going on. And, you know, I'm very, like... It has to be just right for me to really like that kind of stuff. And this one hit it out of the park. But it was certain parts where, like, you kind of see the shadow person. And for a second, I'm like, eh. But then I'm like, no, actually, it's kind of cool. Yeah, they do it right. Even though other directors have done it to death, it makes me feel good when I see something like this. I'm like, oh, I don't hate this stuff. I just hate what a lot of people do with this stuff. Yeah, it's like you can actually do something cool with it. You don't have to do just like, oh, scary haunted house, you know. Yeah, like, shaky cam walk, like, twitchy walk, I mean, like, at someone. Or, like, cat jump scare. Yeah. But, so, it starts off with a dirt title card in Grantham, Virginia. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like a cold opening, which I liked. I, for, I'm discovering I'm liking just a, like, boom, you're in the story. Yeah, not so much, oh god, we have to wait an hour till it really kicks in. You know, oh, we got to introduce this Jane Doe. Who's this couple that's in this house? You know, it's like, I don't care. And you know what? I don't think we ever really get too much answers with that. We get a little bit, but like, I don't care about that beginning, like all the beginning stuff here. And just like even the little lines that they throw out where it's like, it doesn't look like anyone broke out. It looks like they were trying to, uh, they're, no one broke in. It looks like they were trying to like get out of the house. Yeah. And you have this naked Jane Doe being dug up in the basement, oddly clean body, I mean like no bruises, cuts, anything like that. Like she just basically covered herself in dirt. An initial reaction, like not knowing anything about this movie other than like, I guess there's an autopsy somewhere, is I was like, oh, the old man killed her and buried her in the basement. Yeah, and it's going to be her trying to tell them what happened to her or something. 
yeah, it's going to be like her spirit trying to help in some way, or it's going to tr- be trying to unravel what like the serial killer did or something. I could I was way off. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I was the same exact way. Like no joke, because I can remember the first time. Because this is one of those movies that. I still really like it on a second watch, but man, that first watch is a great time when you watch it because you're trying to play along with it and everything. And I I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, okay, it's going to be her trying to guide them to what really happened to her and all that stuff, which I guess it kind of is, but not the way you're thinking. Yeah, it's not like literally like a spirit orb. It's not uh, old Ben Kenobi showing up and being like, have a seat. I'll tell you the story, you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> real quick to like say like you brought up about oh on the second watch it's still good but that first watch i think about that also with like hereditary yeah that first time you watched it and you were like holy shit and now it's still good and i still love it but there's not that like boom factor yeah now there's other ones like for example i can't watch the sixth sense again that's one that after your first watch you don't care on the second watch that's one. That's another one I've never seen. Oh, okay. That's a blank spot. What to hit that one day? Me and you were talking about that because we had a road trip um, this past weekend, and we were talking about blank spots we have that like or big movies we haven't seen. So, Sixth Sense is a horror movie. You could maybe count it in the way that right. some stuff we count is. I guess you could. Is it along the same lines? Because uh, it's M Night, right? Yeah. Like, Signs is kind of horror-ish, but... Yeah, exactly. Not. You could count it if... Yeah, you know how we basically... Anything horror-adjacent will count. So I guess right. we could. Okay, yeah, that'll be fun to do one day. Yeah. Then we meet Tommy and Austin. Tommy, played by Brian Cox, who I love, even though he's never, like, rarely the star in a movie, but I love any time he shows up in something. Oh, yeah, like, it, and it's a, a podcast veteran, because he was in Trick or Treat as well, so we've already talked about him some and how much we loved him in that movie. But like you said, he's usually like a character actor, like not background, but kind of back, like third build or something. And it's really yeah. cool to see him be able to like, oh, okay, this is your movie. And he does a great job with it. Oh, him and this, um, the boy playing Austin, knock it out of the park, both of them. Oh, yeah. And like you, and how many times you'll, it's like a father and son, like in a movie and you'll be like, they have no chemistry whatsoever. It seems like these people don't know each other. Because they're actors and they probably don't. They're not playing the actual people. These guys, I actually believed, and you get engrossed in, okay, yeah, there is a relationship here. Yeah, and I think they play it really well, the script and the acting for this. It's really what a father and son in this stage of their life would be like. It's not so, I don't want to work here for the rest of my life, Dad. You have to take the family business. There's that There's that pressure, and like I think he's going to. I don't really want to, but it's not cartoonish over-the-topness. It's what a real, like, family-awkward situation with a subject like that would be like. They still love each other, but, yeah, there's this little bit of tension, but not to where it's detrimental to anything. It's legitimately realistic, I think. Yeah, I enjoy it. So, they are there, and they're listening to some rock and roll music and cutting open some bodies. I think that's another reason I like this movie, Side Tangent is I'm fascinated by this stuff. I used to want to be a mortician when I was younger. I just think it's really cool, like, about basically taking apart a body to find out what the problem was and stuff like that. I think this stuff's really neat, so I liked... I think that kept me engrossed in parts that could be boring to someone else. Yeah, I kind of get what you mean there, because it's... Any of the autopsy stuff, like, you've... You know, like, in movies you've seen, it's not like I've watched live autopsies online. It's like super gross but you're also like oh it's so fucking gross but i can't look away yeah exactly like whenever they get the he's like hand me the i think it's later in the movie where he's like hand me the rib cutter and it's it's oh yeah shears it's like pruning shears but just fancy medical ones they look exactly the same and then you hear the sound of him doing the ribs and i was just like oh that grosses me out Oh, whoever was on sound design for this probably had a fun time coming up with all this stuff they had to do. Oh, yeah, it's just, like, celery. and I do love those behind-the-scenes things of, like, what they use to make these sounds. And it's, like, always, like, just fruits and vegetables. Oh, yeah, like, plunging your hand into a watermelon and stuff like that. Ooh. They're finishing up for the night. They were doing the autopsy on a burn-up body. They're just about done. And Stanley, our other main character, the cat, catches a mouse. <laughs> just kind of to establish there's mice, so that was a, oh, maybe it's just a rat or a mouse moments later. And 
Then we get don't get a jump scare from the cat. We get a jump scare from Austin's girlfriend, Emma. Right. And uh, like you said, whenever like the cat showed up, like I used to hate cats. But now since Liz like loves cats and now we have three, I'm like, oh, look at the little kitty. I love your I love Baron Von Kitty. Oh, Baron Von Kitty's awesome. He's right here. <laughs> ah, good. <laughs> and she wants to see one of the bodies and Austin's like, no. But then Tommy, Brian Cox's character, comes back and says, ah, go ahead, pick one. And she picks one of the drawers like that the cadavers are in. Yeah, and I like, and it's a it's a good way to kind of set up what these guys kind of or these people like kind of look like, where it's um the first one they're like uh their eyes are like showed shut and are and the mouth, and then the other one has like a gunshot wound. So like later on when you see tiny glimpses of stuff that might be happening later in the movie, ooh, um you're like oh shit that's that one. It's not just random person maybe broke into the house into the what's it called funeral home morgue morgue. It's like, oh, no, that is that person. Yeah. I think the bell was really smart, too, because that is a real thing. Now, most people, like, they even say, I'm a bit old-fashioned. I like to do it. Don't do it anymore. But I think the bell was a really smart, like, scare device for later, like, introducing that here and everything. Oh, I completely agree. And I love that he is just, like, this old-school guy. Like, I know it's kind of an expense you don't have to go through, but I like the classics kind of thing. And whenever they introduce the bell... I was still, like, just so engrossed in the scene. I didn't think, oh, this is going to come into play later. Yeah. They they do a jump scare on her when she's looking at the body. She takes a sheet down and shakes the bell right there. And I won't lie, that got me, too. Oh, and I love the look on his face where he just kind of looks at her and does one of those, like, little, like, quirky smiles. <laughs> Brian Cox is a national treasure that no one even realizes. Oh, yeah. The, like, I was looking, like, through his letterbox, like all of his movies and i'm like oh shit i forgot he was in that and that you know yeah they're, like i said they're done for the night though austin and emma are gonna go out to a movie but right then the sheriff brings in a body and he's like i need this one taken care of because he brought it from the crime scene we saw at the opening and i kind of get it he's like i can explain everything else this one i can't explain anything about i'm gonna have to talk to the press that would be like a yeah there's also another one there and we have no idea why yeah, we don't know why, we don't know what happened to her, how she got there, why there are no no markings on her whatsoever. Yeah, I love the thing of, like, this needs done tonight, like, sorry, but you're going to be working all night on this because I need answers by the morning. Alright, Brett, you're the sheriff here. Let's say they don't get you the answers by the morning. You got a big press junket now, all the local news reporters are there, you gotta go make a statement. What do you say? Uh, she's a sandworm from Dune. Okay, that that works. Yeah, she, oh, fuck, I forget, she's the, um, prime, I, fuck, I forget what they call the sandworm, it's like a prime emperor kind of thing, it's like they're god. <laughs> okay, I don't think anyone will buy it, but they'll be like, at least our sheriff has a sense of humor. Oh, Liz is here with my Red Bull, she's my savior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why all the dirt was kind of red, it's the spice. Oh, I gotcha now. The spice will flow. <laughs> But Tommy tells Austin he doesn't have to stay, and I don't think he's legitimately guilt-tripping him. I think he's like, no, you can go, but then Austin still stays to help him anyway. Oh, yeah, it's not one of those, like, you can go if you want kind of things. I think he generally is like, no, go have fun with your girlfriend. Yeah, and then he still seems, like, pleasantly surprised when he stays, but not like he needed him to stay either. But like, oh, thank you, type deal. Well, yeah, he's kind of like, oh, I thought you were leaving. But then he's like, well, I'm glad you're here now, too. Like, I do like their relationship. Yeah. Um, they start by obviously pulling the eyelids back, and her eyes... I don't know how much of this is accurate or not, so I'm just going by what the movie says. That her eyes are cloudy like she's been dead for days. Right, but the rest of her is, like we said, like completely perfect where there's no outside markings, where it's like, oh, she probably would have started to bloat at least. Yeah, and she doesn't even have rigor mortis set in yet, so like... That should be a fresh, fresh body, but then the eye thing doesn't add up. Bunch of things like that. Well, as soon as they started doing, like, the bending of the joints and the rigor mortis stuff, it reminded me of Return of the Living Dead when they're explaining, like, rigor mortis, and he's, like, doing the elbow, and there's all that, like, crack. It's like a million knuckles cracking at once. Oh, yeah. But so she should be doing that, and she's not... And she has an oddly small waist and broken wrists and ankles. There's a million clues here, and so that's like our beat for beat is mainly going to be running through the clues because a lot of this is just an autopsy. 
Yeah, and it's just, and it. I love like towards the end of the movie, they're almost trying to escape, but then they're like, no, to get the answers, we need to complete this, and then they go back. Yeah, I don't know if I could. I I just escape. Someone else can deal with it. Yeah, it's like th- this tree cannot be that heavy on this door. Son, get up here and help me. I'm like a sixty year old man. You do the work. But did you notice something? At the end of the movie, when the police go there, like, the next day and everything, there was no storm. It's bright and sunny. The tree isn't blocking anything, like, so it was all whatever evil forces she has doing that. It's like, um, is it the Munster's house or the Adams family house where it's always just storming on their block? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and also we get a fly that, like, crawls out of her nose and her nose starts bleeding. I thought that was kind of nasty, too. Oh, it is nasty. It just gives you that unease feeling. And she's missing her tongue. Like, someone cut her tongue out. So they think she might be, like, a trafficking victim because the tongue being gone and the broken wrists and ankles, like, she was bound, but they're still not sure what's going on. Yeah, it's like every little next step they do, they find something and they go like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Fun fact, do you know about the, the body here? Like, for filming? Oh, that it's actually a woman laying there the whole time? Yeah, it's not a, a dummy. They used a woman and because they thought you'd be able to tell. Like, a quick shot of a dummy, easy to pull off. But when so much of the camera is on them the whole time, they actually got an actress who was, like, really big into yoga and stuff like that and could control her breathing and be very still very well. Is that I knew that, like, little piece of trivia about it before, like, I even watched the movie. So there was a little bit of me the entire time, like, staring at her, being like, twitch your eye. Twitch your eye, you know you wanna, and she does. Do look for it, yeah. I well, she probably does, and they don't put those scenes in. But I was right. watching for it the whole time too. I'm like, come on, you're gonna mess up somewhere. Come on. Yeah, I want to see a shallow breath. <laughs> yes, I was waiting the whole time. Um, but yeah, so uh, cut out tongue, fly, bleeding nose. She has peat under her nails and in her hair, which I guess is only in the north. They say so. That's a what the fuck now? Yeah, and. Uh... Tommy Brian Cox makes a comment of like, oh, I haven't seen this used in a while, but it's not like completely out of the ordinary. Yeah, so he's he's the very logical one here. I think um, Austin starts going into the, this is fucking supernatural way quicker than him. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I do love how Tommy throughout the entire thing keeps trying to explain away things. Well, he's also been at this for a long time. Uh, what movie was it where, uh, Terrifier, where there's a line... Where the coroner says, once you've seen a baby microwave to death, everything else is old hat. So, yeah. like, this guy's been doing these forever. So, like, the whole, whoa, what the fuck thing to him is like, oh, that's a little out of the ordinary. It's completely desen- desensitized by it. Yeah, exactly. Um, is this where they find, like, the string in her throat and everything? Yeah, because, well, yeah, they open up her mouth and they're shocked that she has no tongue. Then they should see that she's, like, missing a molar. And, yeah, that's when they find the string, too, which at first I thought was a hair. I did, too, and it's just a very long string. The vaginal exam is next, and there's deliberate cuts all over it. So, again, leading to the maybe uh, sexual trafficking or something like that. Right. Um, By the way, she is obviously naked this entire movie, but it's not the fun kind because it's a dead body. Yeah, these are dead, sad boobies. Yeah, exactly. Our whole difference between happy and dead boobs, I mean, happy and sad boobs, these are sad boobs. I was going to say, happy boobs, it's like, look at Friday the 13th Part 5, and they're just all running around in the you know, in the um, forest, and they're bouncy, and they're just having a great time, until they get killed by not Jason. Yes. Here's where it starts going weird, right when that's the whole external exam. There's like four separate sections of the autopsy, and they're going to the next section, which is the internal ex- autopsy. And right when they're going to start that, the electricity starts buzzing and the radio turns on. And I thought we were watching Malignant again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's communicating through the airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love how like, yeah, the and I love their like the little touches of like, it's like this old, like old school radio. Oh, yeah. Like it, the kind that you see in your dad's garage growing up. Yeah. And it's like it completely fits to where like this. um morgue is a, it's like passed down by like this is like the third generation of family that's used it and it still looks very just like it's from the 70s where it's like nothing's updated it's it looks like it would smell like your grandma's house yeah it's a cool setting isn't it like, it, like oh yeah aesthetically really cool 
yeah, but then the radio, like you said, it like cuts to like they're listening to awesome rock and roll, and then it cuts to like a girl screaming. And then is this when we hear "Let the Sun Shine" in the first time? I think so. We hear it a couple times, so this would probably be the first time. Let the sun shine in. I fucking love this song. It's like um, uh, inner uh, fuck, not inner Sandman, Mister Sandman from Halloween. <laughs> These are two very that, different songs. That movie ending with Enter Sandman instead of like the Mr. Sandman. Honestly, I could. It would make, it'd be on brand. <laughs> but yeah, so the radio starts going weird right when they cut into her. And also when they cut into her, she starts bleeding like a fresh body, like a living person pretty much. Yeah, and you can tell once again, Tommy's like taken aback by it. And like his son's like, it shouldn't be doing that, right? And he's like... No, I've I've seen it before. <laughs> Rarely, but yes. And then they think the corset caused the small waist by more internal damage. And her lungs are blackened, like, beyond belief. What did he say? Like, she could smoke 10 packs a day for 30 years and her lungs would not look like this. Yeah, I love that line of, like, where, he, where uh, Austin's like, oh, heavy smoker. And, like, uh, Tommy throws that out there. And I was like, oh, that's a kind of, a, like, a little, like... Oh, no, it's not that. Like, okay, now things are starting to look fucky. Well, I'm glad they put that line in, because honestly, that's where my mind went right away, too. Because I'm like, yeah, black lungs are a thing that happened. So what? And then the clarification, like, oh, okay. Thank you for our always coveted one line of dialogue exposition to save a plot hole. Yes, thank you so much. It's so easy. I say it every single time. It's so easy to put that one line in there that will fix a movie. Yeah, we love it. So thank you, Andre Ovidal, I believe is how you pronounce it. Oh, yeah, because I was trying to sit. I was sitting there looking at the director's name. It's like, okay, I got Andre because like Andre the Giant and whatnot. Then the last name, I'm like, overalls. <laughs> You're close. <laughs> um, so her heart and organs and all that stuff all have scar tissue. Like she's been stabbed a thousand times, but she has no scars on the outside of her body. Yeah, and at this, I remember, like, watching this, and I was trying to be like, okay, how the fuck did that happen? I was like, okay, maybe they, like, cut her open, but then I was like, no, she has no scars. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, big banging on the door outside, right when they get to, like, the scarred-up organs. So they're interrupted, and Austin goes to check on it. He climbs on the chair to look in the vent in, like, his dad's office room, and something scares him, and he falls is it the cat that scares him? Because he gets the cat right then, or did something else scare him? Isn't this also where he walks down the hallway, and they have those, like, dome mirrors you see in, like, gas stations where, like, the people, like, the clerks can make sure no one's stealing? Yeah, or, like, anywhere where you have a big corner and there's lots of traffic through somewhere, so, like, you can see around and everything. Yeah, they have, like, one of those in the corner to see down the hallway that's a blind spot for them. And is this where they see that dark figure? I don't think he sees it yet. I think we okay. might see it. For a quick moment there. Okay. But, and then, after whatever scares him when he's on the chair and he falls there, then he does find the cat at Stanley, and it's bleeding real bad. Clearly something attacked it. Yeah, and immediately, every time an animal shows up in a movie, I'm just like, oh god, please don't let the animal die. Well, the bad thing is what we do in the show is horror movies, so, like, most of the time when we see an animal, I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, every once in a while, you get, like, a golden retriever from Friday the 13th Part 4 that goes, nope, and yeets himself out a window. Yeah. Or the one in Part 8 that just survives and shows up right when they come out of the sewer. Yeah, the heroin dog. Yes. But, so, Tommy comes up, and he he mercy kills the cat. It's not like the dad who's like, oh, that fucking cat. Like, he legit seems bummed about it. Like, but so it seems like the humane thing to do at the moment. Yeah, and later on, like, at first you're like, okay, he just loves his cat a lot. And he even made a comment earlier um, when the poli- the sheriff brings in Jane Doe and um, the kitty sees Jane Doe and, like, hisses at, hisses at the body. And Tommy makes a comment of, like, oh, he gets uh, grumpier and grumpier every year. Yeah. So it's been around for a while, and we find out he, after he kills it, he tells Austin, give me a minute. And he's like, that cat was the last thing I had of your mother's. So the mom is not dead. And that's kind of a really bummer moment here. We'll find out more about that later on. Yeah, and because this it, the movie also does a good job of just sprinkling little pieces of information and not just doing like an exhibition dump of just 
here's all the info at once about the dead mother. They do a little sprinkle where they say that and you're like, oh yeah, I haven't seen like a mom or a wife yet. Yeah, exactly. Like mom's upstairs baking cookies in the kitchen morgue. It's like the crematory, like she brings cookies. It's like all of a sudden turns into an 80s B movie. She's singing Let the Sunshine In. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they get back to the autopsy room, and one of the, what do I call this, body drawers? Yeah, the um cold storage body drawer things. Yeah, one of those is open. One opens up, and that's all, nothing too scary yet. And then they're on to stage three, which is the stomach and gastrointestinal systems. Yes, and this is, um, so they find, what was it, some kind of flower. that Jimson like. Weed. That, like, paralyzes you kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's a paralyzing agent. And then, is this also when they find the, like, shroud with the tooth? Yes, they do. And right then, too, as soon as they pull out that Jimson weed, the radio says there's a storm blowing in. And then they find that. So everything's kind of picking up right at once here. Yeah, like, the further they go along with this autopsy, like, the worse the weather's getting... Like, Austin starts being like, maybe we should go home, and Tommy's like, if you want to go home, that's fine, but I gotta do this. Yeah. And so this shroud is what they call it, right? So it's basically like, um, a fabric cloth with some print on it, right? Yeah, it's like, um, like, I always think of it as like an ancient times kind of, like, piece of fabric. Yeah, like an old scroll or something like that. I always think about, was it the Shroud of Turan or Turin or whatever that has Jesus' face on it? Oh, yeah, something like that. That makes yeah. sense. But they find the Shroud with a tooth in it, and all they can tell is there's the Roman numerals for 27 on it. And they did say that her body was missing a tooth earlier, so it's her tooth. And they think it's a ritualistic something, but they got to figure out what it was. We were so close to getting a 37! Snooch to the nooch! <laughs> Also, the radios talk about the storm, and right when they, like, I think it's ritualistic, the the DJ voice on the radios talk about the storm, like, one thing's for sure, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, I noticed that, and I was just like, oh shit, yeah, they're fucked now, <laughs> they've gone too far, Jane Doe was trying to warn them. Then I wrote, it plays Creepy Song again. That song is like, that's gonna go on to, like, my rotation in my playlist. Oh yeah, that's getting nominated for a Throbby for best song for next oh, year. Oh yeah. It's going to be another one of those ones where me and Liz are driving around and it comes on. She's like, what the fuck is this song? It went from like, you know, Megadeth to now we're listening to this. And I'm like, oh, no, well, it's this movie called Autopsy of Jane Doe in 2060. She's like, no, no. OK, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but here where they cut her open more and like start peeling her skin back, they realize the inside of her skin is tattooed with the same markings that were on that shroud. This is where I gave up. I'm like, I, I'm not trying to figure this out anymore, because I fucking can't. How is the inside of her skin tattooed, and she's perfectly healthy? Well, she's dead, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yeah, but, like, the outside of her is, like, completely fine. Yeah. Where, like, at this point, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what it is. I'm like, is she a demon? Yeah, I, this is legit. I'm like, I don't fucking know. I Every, like, option I came up with is gone. Yeah, exactly. Where, like, I, yeah, every time I'm like, okay, it's like... Uh, the serial killer movie is what it's going to be. No, that's not that. Okay, maybe she's a demon. No, it's not that. Yeah, it's, it's confusing as hell, but really fun. I hope you watch this movie first before you listen to us. If you haven't, pause us, go watch the movie, and come back. It's on Shutter right now. Yeah, and it's even not like a super long movie. I think it's 80 minutes. Yeah, about an hour 20, quick in and out adventure, then you can come back. Which, God, I love those hour 20 movies. Oh, it's so great, isn't it? Oh, just because there's there's no fluff. And sometimes there needs to be fluff, like Hereditary. Some, like, make sense for it to be a super long movie, and I get that. Other ones, I'm like, come on, you could have cut half this shit out. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Are you? It's, well, it's almost like I've heard people talk about, like, Eternals and stuff, where, like, they could have easily cut out, like, 40 minutes of the movie of, like, flashback shit, and it would have just, like, not lost a single thing. They should have just cut that whole movie as someone who saw it, but that's all. <laughs> right uh, when they wanna, find if you the... want to listen about that, check out Greg's other show, Geek Positive. They covered it. Oh, we did an Eternals episode. It is a war. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but right when they find like the inside of her skin tattoos, all the lights, they don't go out. They all like explode. All the bulbs like everywhere and the power goes out. Yeah, and it's it explodes. And the my one of my first thoughts is like they had those big like 
tube lights above uh, Jane Doe and like the autopsy table. And they explode and glass goes everywhere. And one of my first thoughts was like, oh, well, that ev- evidence is tainted now. <laughs> oh, 100%. No joke. Like, there's no sterile, like, they're going to be, oh, the killer killed her with fluorescent light tubes. Yeah, be like, uh, we found the cause of death. It was glass. <laughs> but, and then they shine the light up and they realize all of the body drawers are now open and the bodies are gone. Oh, yeah, that's a fucked up thing, too, where, like, it goes completely black and you can hear the drawers open, and then you hear, like, a floomp, where, like, someone hits the ground. And we don't see anything. Like, you don't even see in the background or anything. And finally, Tommy goes, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's like, thank you, Brian Cox. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. (laughs) I think the sheriff sheriff might have to deal with, like, a couple angry reporters. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. You know, we don't work for him anyway. And then the elevator's out because the power's out, so they go like to the storm door thing that they take the steps up to, but a tree fell over it, so they're kind of stuck where they are now. Which, this is a, the, one of the only times in the movie I'm like, a little bit of bullshit. Because Brian Cox, number one, is the one that goes up to try to open the door. Not saying anything where like once you hit a certain age, you like lose muscle, but he's like, a, I would easily say in his 60s. Oh, yeah. Uh, 50s if we're being kind, but yeah, anywhere right. there and up. And and his son looks like he's in his 20s. Yeah, he's a prime of his life, yeah. And the, he's not helping whatsoever, so old man goes up there trying to open it. He can't do it. Then they just give up. And my dad would have been like, Brett, get over here, help me. And we would have gotten yeah. that fucking thing open. No, but they, you didn't know it was being held shut by evil powers. True. They hear something coming down the hall, and they lock themselves in Tommy's office, they try calling the sheriff Sheldon, and the phone cuts out. And then this. Holy fuck. I remember the first time I saw this, like, oh shit, oh shit. Because you hear the bell jingling just yeah. slightly down the hallway, getting closer and closer. Yeah, and it's just that, that little ad. And it's like, it it's a sound that should not be horrific. But good movies can make anything horrific. It's fucking terrifying. Oh, especially in the context that we know that bell's wrapped around the toe of a dead guy. Yeah, and now we also see where it's like, oh, it's Shotgun Guy. Yeah. And so Austin, like, gets down and looks under the door. And again, scared the fuck out of me. You just see a footstep right there. And then it tries getting in and they block the door off and all that stuff. Yeah, you see the foot with the toe tag on it. Yeah. So it's not like someone's walking around ringing a bell. It's That's the dead guy. Oh, and it's all discolored. It's, like, gray and purple and shit. And... Tommy's in the bathroom that's in the office, and something grabs him, and, like, the door slams shut at that moment and everything, and it starts attacking him. I'm not really sure what it does to him, but it doesn't last long, because Austin breaks through the door, and then the thing is gone. Oh, yeah, that's something we forgot to mention. Like, earlier when Bra- when um Tommy was uh doing the rib cutters on Jane Doe, he, like, lost focus for a second and, like, cut his wrist on, like, her rib. So he's, like, cleaning that. Oh, yeah, that's right. You saw the thing that grabbed it, like a real close, shaky shot of it, and it did have these, like, harsh, white, cloudy eyes, and he tells Austin it had her eyes, and so something's going on. He finally is admitting it's connected to this dead corpse. Now, what do you think this thing is? Is this, like, her spirit, and it's, like, the true form of, like, she's burnt and everything, that's why she's all black and whatnot? Is it a demon? I don't think it's a demon. I do think it's like her spirit or consciousness or something like that, because it doesn't match any of the bodies we saw or anything like that. And I think that's the shadowy thing we kind of saw in the mirror earlier, too, is I think it's her. Yeah, which is I I like that in my headcanon. Yeah, I'm going with that, too. I'm sharing your headcanon. I also want to say like a few episodes ago, like I told like my own theory and you're like, oh, so that's your own headcanon. I cannot stop saying that word now. Oh, I can't take credit for that. That's a thing. Oh, yeah. But now that like you introduced it to me and now I'm like, well, my headcanon is and Liz just rolls her <laughs> eyes. <laughs> you're welcome, Liz. <laughs> they go back to the autopsy room and everything they took out of her like all any organs or anything like that is completely decomposed and just gooey mush at this point. Yeah. It's what did they say? It's like rapid deterioration or something. Yeah. But she like the most of her is still completely fine. Like unchanged everything like that. 
Yeah, other than the fact of now her rib cage is broken open and her skin's well, peeled yeah. back. <laughs> but the way they left her, like, it's not well, like yeah. she decomposed as well. Right. And they're going to cremate her, and they do have the crematorium, which earlier Tommy did put the cat that he had to kill in there and cremated it pretty much right away. So we've established there is, uh, what do you call it, but the thing you cremate in there. Killing? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, is it just called a crematory, or is that just the building? I think that's the building. I don't know. But yeah, but they also, have the, the big yeah, oven. Yeah, the, the big cookie. Um, yes. W- whenever he did put the cat in, like, the uh, big cookie, it was like, okay, but I don't know if that's really great, because now someone's going to be getting half their father, half this little kitty back. <laughs> well, no, they probably cleaned out the father before they put the cat in. They're like, whenever the father was done, they probably... Scrape that out. I just like to think that there is already a body in there, and he just casually tosses the cat on top of it. <laughs> but they're gonna go cremator, and they go to like to open the door, and the door's locked, like something's holding it up. They axe through it, and he looks through like the "Here's Johnny" hole that he made, <laughs> and the stitched-up corpse is right on the other side. Fucking terrifying. I was I was waiting to see if you made a shining reference because if not, I was going to. <laughs> Oh, sorry then. I didn't mean to steal it from you. Oh no, I was just happy that it got in there. <laughs> okay. It's an axe and a door. You have to do it. Exactly. Yeah, but like you said, that's when like we see the stitched up body. Like it's 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 kind of jump scary, but it's done in a good way. Of like it just appears right inside, like right in front of the crack. I know it sounds like I'm anti jump scare, but when they're done well, I love them because they get me. And if it's actually something scary, like minor spoilers for another movie, but like. Invisible Man, the 2021, like the the paint reveal. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about there. But holy shit, that's like one of my favorite jump scares I've seen in the last 10 years. Like some stuff that's when it's done well is perfect. Yeah, Invisible Man was really great. And it came out at a time like that was like height of pandemic where like I am literally haven't left my living room in two or three weeks just because nothing's open and there's no reason to. And me and Liz watched that one night, and it's just like, thank you, finally something new. And then Tiger King came out, and it's just like, well, guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> um, they realize they're not getting to the, the big cookie oven, as we called it, so they just decide to burn the body in the room. They douse her in, what is it, embalming fluid or, I don't yeah, know, gasoline? It's, it's some Yeah, they just have gasoline down there. Yeah, it's like some kind of, like chemical what seems like like they use for the autopsies well i love how austin is just he literally is like fuck it <laughs> yeah, he just starts right away he doesn't even ask he just starts dumping it all over whatever this flammable liquid is and they light her on fire and the whole room goes up it's kind of like hereditary yeah we're oh yeah like that um she thought that she was going to catch on fire, but then he... That is another one. Whenever I saw Hereditary for the first time and that happened, I was like, holy shit! Yeah. Yeah, but then she um she basically then, like, puts herself out, and then she's still just perfect. No, they put her out, because, like, the whole room's on fire. They grabbed the fire extinguisher and put her out. Well, I thought that uh, Austin was doing, like, everything around, and then she just kind of, like, burns out on her own. And oh, yeah, she's- you're right. Yeah, when everything else... Yeah, you got it. Well, what the fuck are they going to do now? And they hear the elevator turn back on. Some of the power comes back on. So they go out in the hallway to go to it. And it closes before they make it to originally. And they're waiting for it to come back down. Right as shotgun corpse comes around the corner on the other side of the hall. Yeah, and as soon as like I heard the elevator and they're like, let's go for the elevator. I immediately was like, they're not getting on that fucking elevator. Oh, no way in hell. But... It's it's great tension building here. It's perfect. Yeah, and like with Shotgun Corpse, where it's like the lighting in this place is like real bad because they're on like generator power now. So it keeps like dimming and stuff. You never get like a full shot of the face, but you get little bits. Yeah, you get the whole face, but not at once. Yeah, which is, uh, if you had all done it at once, I mean, I don't know what this movie's budget was, but um, maybe it was like, a budget constraint of like, okay, we can't just show this face outright because it's going to look kind of dumb because we, you know, what, but just on the little pieces actually just makes it scarier. Oh, yeah. It's like Wilson from Home Improvement. I never watched Home Improvement. Oh, it was the neighbor that you never see all his face. Oh, the one, the fence. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I know that. 
like I said, they're waiting on the elevator. He's coming towards them. They get in, and but the door's stuck. Like, and it's shotgun corpse is almost there. Tommy grabs the axe, goes around to axe it, and he it all of a sudden isn't there anymore. And he axed Emma, Austin's girlfriend, who came back to pick him up. And the corpse is gone, and she is fucking dead. Yeah, which is so funny. It's like a horror. I feel so bad for Tommy in this whole movie of like, we already know like he lost his wife. He lost his favorite cat. Now he killed his like son's girlfriend. It's like, what else can happen to this guy? Oh, yeah. It's this is not a happy movie in the slaves. It's great, but it's not a happy fun time. Oh, yeah. Not a way. A complete contradiction to that song. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um. They get in the elevator, though, and it stops with them in it, and they're stuck. And this is kind of like Austin's, like, mourning his girlfriend who just died. Tommy's just like, I don't want this life anymore at this point. Like you said, he's got to be in the worst headspace in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they talk about the mom, and it, they make it... The way they talk, I'm pretty sure she committed suicide because he's like, I couldn't see the signs in her that she was wasn't happy, things like that. So, is that the way you took it here? Oh, yeah, that's what I got from it, too, is, like, she killed herself, because it's like, I always used to call her Ray, because she was my Ray of Sunshine, I didn't know that she had this in her kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. They start talking about, again, where they should be talking about all the craziness going on around them, and Austin, I think, says, it's like there's something she doesn't want us to find. Yeah, which is, and this is, like, the big, like, we gotta go back. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking it was like the turning around on Fury Road at that moment. Oh yeah, we're you know this huge move, which I love Fury Road. You know that, but it's like incredible. We've been driving in this direction for half the movie. What are we gonna do for the second half of the movie? Turn around. (laughs) (laughs) But also, right when they realize there's something she doesn't want us to find, the cremation door opens and smoke just billows out like. Like, smog machine complete levels. Yeah, it's like, uh, Jane Doe's like, okay, they're coming back, um, to finish this, I'm gonna give her, give them the Undertaker entrance. Exactly, I was honestly thinking Undertaker entrance, so I'm glad you went that way. They open the elevator up, like, and hop down, because it barely moved, and they start going back the hall, and in all the smoke, you can't really see anything, and corpses are attacking Tommy in the smoke. Not like they kill him or anything, but they keep grabbing at him. It's a pretty tense scene right here. Yeah, and like they even make the comment of, like, she could easily kill us, but she's just, like, torturing us. Like, she wants us, like, in pain, basically. Oh, yeah, in a big way, we'll find out, because they get back and start to continue the autopsy. And then I forget, when they go back, what happens next? They just keep going because this is where they cut open the skull and examine the brain right. sample. Right, and that's oh yeah, that's right where they they cut open the skull. Which uh, anytime I see that, it reminds me of I think it's Red Dragon, where Hannibal Lecter's feeding that guy's brains to the guy. I like never he, saw Red Dragon. Yeah, like uh, Hannibal Lecter's like cut this guy's head open and he took the skull cap off, but he's drugged him. So I'm sorry for spoiling this, but it's so good. That's fine. Um, and the guy's still, like, kind of, he's still alive, but he's out of it. And his brain's exposed. And so Hannibal Lecter's just taking, like, um, these, like, forceps and taking pieces of his brain out and cooking them. And the one, like, the guy's drooling. And he goes, something smells good. And then Hannibal Lecter feeds the guy his own brain. And he's all like, that's really good. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, that movie has its ups and, ups and downs, but that's a good scene. Whoa. Uh... But they examine the brain sample, and they realize she's still alive. Like, that piece of brain, I guess, is showing activity that she's still there. Yeah, which is fucked up, where it's like, oh, so... And this is when they come to the realization of, she's felt everything we've done to her. Oh, yeah, I'd feel terrible. I'm like, I don't know how you're alive, but I literally broke open your rib cage, (laughs) took out, like, your organs and shit, but you're still there somehow. Yeah, because even Austin at this point is like, we took out her heart. Like... (laughs) Um, I don't know how, but he gets the idea to go look at the shroud again, and he folds it and realizes it says Leviticus 2027, which is a bunch of, a big long verse, but the most important part of it is, they are a witch, is like zoomed in on and everything. Yeah, it's like a Bible verse, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, one of the books in the Bible, and they just zoom on the part when they look it up that says they are a witch, and 
Tommy is very confused. And again, our more logical character is like, makes no sense because even in the Salem witch trials and everything, there were no witches. It was just people they accused of being witches. And he comes up with this, his headcanon here <laughs> is that she wasn't a witch. She was falsely accused of it and they tortured her so bad she became one. Like, I guess, okay. deal with the devil or something like that in her moment of agony. I like that. That that's where I think he's like kind of leading us to believe. Yeah. And he says this is her ritual and right then corpses are trying to get into the room. Austin's trying to fortify the room and as this is going on Tommy asks her not to hurt Austin like sacrifices himself, do whatever but don't hurt him. I it's like yeah, he's pleading with her. He's like anything I can do to help you, I will do it. I don't think he thought this. No, it seems like she takes the deal cuz she starts killing him without doing anything. All the injuries she has, he starts getting. Like, his wrists break very much like that uh, voodoo scene from Child's Play. Yeah. Right at the beginning. And then, like, you can see through his skin, kind of. Like, he's having the inside tattoos and all this shit, and it's going crazy. Yeah, and you can now also start to see where, like, she is starting to look more, like, alive and human. And then her eyes turn brown while his go to that, like, gray, like, foggy. Oh, yeah. It's it's wild. Like, she even starts, like, her... She starts healing, like, sucks some of her blood back up and everything. Yeah. And Tommy's getting just tortured, and he can't even talk, because I think his tongue must, like, get severed or something. But he's, like, motioning towards the scalpel to Austin, and he wants him to put him out of his misery. And he does, and that's just a brutal, like, fuck, I can't imagine scene. Yeah, like, I, so your father's being tortured to death so hardcore that he's in so much pain. He's like, kill me. And it's like, I don't want to kill you, Dad. Like, yeah, No. No, you sit there and you deal with this. This is, a, remember all those times you put me in timeout? Well, this is your timeout. <laughs> yeah, how many times do you say, well, that's too damn bad. Yeah, I'll give you something to cry about. Well, look at you now. <laughs> but the power comes back on right then, so... It must have worked. You the sacrifice play, Austin was spared. Um, he hears the cops show up, and you hear the saw start going. They're cutting the tree. They tell him to go ahead and open it. He's like, I'm opening it. They're like, open it! And then it turns into the song. The sheriff starts singing the creepy, open your heart and let the sunshine in. And you realize, oh, this is all fake. Yeah, which is real fucked up, because, like, well, number one, my first thought when you hear the police and he and Austin goes running for the door is, okay, so there's dead Emma laying there, there's dead Tommy, your father laying there, and you're the only one that's still alive, and you're covered in blood. I was thinking that same thing, too. I thought it was going to end with him, like, being taken into custody and everything like that. Yeah, where he's like, it's does he does that like faux pas that we always say, don't tell the police exactly what happened if it's supernatural. Where he's like, yeah, the body did it, <laughs> and the other bodies helped. Yeah, they all ganged up on us. But then we get the let's just like open up your heart and let the sun shine in, and he turns next to him, and holy shit, this is creepy. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they it was only a quick second scene because I kind of went like, uh. Because you see uh, Tommy standing there, but it's like corpse Tommy and with his eyes. Yeah, zombie Tommy. Yeah. yeah, zombie Tommy. Zombie Tommy. I don't know. That little, and I'm glad it was just a second and it didn't take me out of it too much. But I saw Brian Cox standing there. And that's all I thought was, like, oh, look, it's Brian Cox. <laughs> but it scares him. He falls down, like snaps his neck and dies. And now the sheriff shows up to another completely like... We don't know what the fuck happened in this place now either. And I love how his, his thing is like, send Jane Doe the next county over. The best move anyone's made in this movie. Right I there. want her out of my county. Get her away. Someone else can deal with this. This is two now. No more. Yeah. Uh, legit. Ain't perfect. Great plan. That's the best you can do. Yeah, sweet. It's like sweep it down the road. It's someone else's problem now. Yeah. Um, they, they send her to another county to have her go to a funeral home there and the guy driving his radio starts playing the creepy song. And then you see her body in the back, her toe twitches credits. Yeah. Which I even just love that. That's what they didn't do. Like she sets up and she attacks the driver, Michael Myers style. And there's a big crash. And you know, I love just the subtle, just little like twitch. I thought we'd see twitch and then that car rolling like next, right. like she, but 
I was I was pleased with their subtlety. Twitch, okay, I'm down. Because well, it even, if I remember right, it does like a kind of a like the camera goes like over her body and like I, you see her eyes, and I went, oh, she's gonna blink. Yeah, you think they they set you up to think she's gonna do everything except nothing, and then she basically does nothing except for that. And it's the most subtle little thing, but it's creepy. Oh yeah. And then that's it. And now it just lives in the rest of your in your head forever. Of like, what happened next? It's like the end of Cabin in the Woods. Exactly. Like you could you could really make you could franchise this out. And just keep showing our different funeral homes. Yeah. And she never does. Like it's like autopsy of Jane Doe twelve. The girl who plays Jane Doe has never like moved hardly and never said a word. <laughs> But man, I I really enjoy this movie a lot. Oh, so do I. Like, I'm interested to like uh, watch it again here pretty soon and see like anything in the background I might have missed. Pay attention to certain things a little bit more, kind of thing. But yeah, this is definitely going to be a rewatch for me. Oh yeah. So you want to get into Count of the Dead? Yes. Let's get to Greg's Count of the Dead. Ah ah ah. Which speaking of that. Have, did you look at my the TikToks I sent you yet today? I, I see. People, I, I'm so sick of people sending me the count stuff. Yes, I saw it. I found it was like a thirst trap on TikTok, but she's dressed as the count from Sesame Street. And I'm just like, oh, yes. <laughs> Greg. <laughs> uh, 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 I, I saw it. But anyway, <laughs> the Throbbing Horror Count of the Dead is where we tally all the deaths in the movie and we add them to the grand total of all the deaths in all the movies we've done to get a nice big number of the Throbbing Horror Count of the Dead. Last episode, we did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which less left us with a count of the dead of 721. Where do you think Autopsy of Jane Doe left us? I'll give you some quick clarification. I did not count any of that beginning stuff, the crime scene. So leave that out of your mind. Oh, so you didn't count the two dead people that are in the two of the dead people that are in the movie? At the very beginning, no, I did not. Okay. Does Jane Doe count? I guess not. Probably not. No. I mean the crime scene from the very beginning, like where yeah, they find the her body. Two dead so. people. Yeah, but we don't see them die or anything. We never see them alive. Okay. And that just seemed like the premise for the movie. It didn't even seem like you know. Well, then I think there's three. You think three? That would leave us at seven hundred twenty-four. Yeah. You got it. Okay. Well done, Brett from Dimension Z. I was going to say five, but... I think there would have been six if we counted the beginning, because there was a couple, a guy, and a body. So I'm glad we cut that out. How about the cat? Yeah, see, there's... Yep, the three. 724. (laughs) Oh, so every week, Greg does his count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. And I like to do my rating system, but I don't like to do stars or like thumbs up or thumbs down. So number one, Joe Bob Briggs does stars and Joe Bob is sacred. Hail Joe Bob. And number two, Cisco and Ebert did stars and thumbs up and thumbs down. And I hope that they, uh, whenever they had their autopsy done, they were still alive and felt everything. <laughs> that, was, that was good. I was wondering, you usually tie it into the movie somehow. Well done. Thank you, thank you. So I like to do something 1 through 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best, and it's something from the movie. And I'm trying to think in this movie what would be really good. Uh, creepy songs. Creepy songs? Yeah, because I almost went with, like, rib snaps, but then I was just like, even one rib snap's terrible. Yeah, okay. Um. So, yeah, creepy songs. So, like, think about, like, and I take that as, like, in this movie where it's a song that wouldn't be creepy other than in this context. Like I said with uh, um, Mr. Sandman or like the uh, there's like that Tiny Tim song that is like it's not a horror song, but putting putting it in the right context and it's just creepy. Yes. Um, so I would say I'd say a number one weird, like scary song would be like, I don't know, like something you might have heard on Radio Disney back in the day where it's like fucking this count from sesame street is singing something creepy and you're like okay i'm even five and this is like baby shit okay um i'm gonna say a number 10 scary song uh weird scary song what did i say scary songs yes creepy songs creepy songs well i would say would be like mr sandman from halloween 2 fair okay where that's the song that i immediately think of when you think of that kind of thing and it's such a thing of like, Mr. Sandman should not be scary, but it is. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm honestly going to say, I'm going to give Autopsy of Jane Doe nine scary, creepy songs out of ten. 
Oh, good. I'm. I, this deserves a high rating. Okay, good. I I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie and did not expect to like it this much. I was I was nervous because sometimes when I bring up these style of movies to you, it's hit or miss. So like I I was nervous about this one. Yeah, and I was even like going into it like already judging it like a tiny little bit. So it even had to make up for that. So, but yeah, oh, it does it completely. I love this movie. I went just a little less. I want eight creepy songs, but man, this this movie's great. I love it. Yeah, well, that's what I, thought. I was between an eight or a nine, and there's only a couple tiny, tiny little parts where I'm like, eh, I don't exactly like that, or that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, or like visually, I was like, eh. But it, it so it, that's probably like five seconds of the whole movie with everything combined. Yeah, we're still within one creepy song too, so that seems about fair then. Both yeah. Of those. And yeah, I got a new creepy song. Yes. So uh, before we get into next week, you want to talk about our cool weekend we had? Yes. Um. Well, uh, Greg of the Dead very uh, generously took me to Horror Realm Con. <laughs> Man, it was it was awesome. Look, we go to a lot of cons. This was like cons back in the day before everyone was at them. This was a small like hotel lo- lobby con, and. I had the time of my life. It might have been the favorite con I've ever been to. This was so cool. Oh, yeah, especially, like, it, it was nothing but a horror con. So it was, like, all horror stuff with just, like, a tiny sprinkle of, like, you saw, like, a couple Star Wars things here and there and, like, a couple Marvel things. But it was, like, yeah, which I like that stuff, opposite. too, so it's cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, the exact opposite of when you go to, like, let's say, like, I like Steel City Con, but you go there, it's mostly comic book and nerd stuff like that with horror sprinkled throughout it this was like yeah. all my favorite parts of the con put into one thing and like you said i love where it was like in a hotel like convention area where it's just that one room that you just do the laps around like over and over again yeah and then like there's the movie screening room the panel room and like the celebrity guest room it was a lot of fun dude i had a great time at it yeah me too where it was like um it's a i could have taken like $500 there and I still would have been like I wish I could have gotten that and that and that you know oh yeah I got uh my Victor Crowley poster signed by Danielle Harris uh Felissa Rose and David Sheridan we both met CJ Graham um it was a really good time yeah which holy shit like CJ Graham was super nice and then we got the picture with him and he puts his arm on my shoulder and I'm just like oh this guy is pure muscle I never realized how big he was until I turned around and had to look up to talk to him at that moment. Oh, yeah, looking at the pic- and the uh, the pictures are on um, our Twitter and our Instagram, Throbbing with Horror, and you can see C.J. Graham is, like, more than a head taller than us. Oh, yeah. that's I liked after that when we talked to Daniel Harris. I'm like, okay, Daniel's a little shorter than me. I, this makes me not feel, like, so tiny as I was next to C.J. Graham. Yeah, it's like I'm a hobbit standing there beside him, and he's, like, fucking Hagrid. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Felissa Rose is always super nice. Offered us her sandwich, but I did. I already ate, so it wasn't nice. Oh yeah, and, that was that was like it was like super nice of her, but it was so like out of nowhere where she's just like, "Oh, you wanted some sandwich?" And it's like, "Oh, well, thank you, but no." It's, if I take your sandwich, Felissa Rose, I'm going to wrap it up and put it in my refrigerator or freezer, and just always be like, "That's Felissa Rose's sandwich." Tell the listeners the most important part of this encounter, though. Oh, no. Well, the most important part is when we were walking around the con floor, we stopped at this guy's booth. Um, He was an artist, and he was drawing... At the time, he was drawing Terminator, but he had Predator open in his art book. And, of course, Greg of the Dead, being Greg of the Dead, sees Predator and goes right <laughs> for it. And then we asked the guy, uh, you know, Predator, is it horror or not? And he goes, no, I don't think it is. It's more sci-fi. And I'm like, thank you. So that's all that happened. <laughs> no, because I was wearing my Predator shirt, and Felissa Rose complimented the shirt, and I get the big grin, and you knew what was coming next. Yeah, I love how we both, like, grinned, and then we were like, are we gonna do this? <laughs> I- I'm like, okay. And I asked her, and she goes, oh, definitely. And so, I was, yeah, and then I'm, I was immediately like, god damn it. Now, <laughs> if someone of your caliber says it, you count as, like, ten people. It's like, fuck. <laughs> yep. Game over. Predator next week. Well, I'm and, and, not next week. But. No. <laughs> um, it soon, at some point. Um, yeah, we'll do it. But I even love where, like, I admitted defeat in front of her, and I think that she felt a little bad because she saw the look on my face, and she's like, no, it's a... She, like, reassured me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, what else? It was just a really cool time that we went to the panel with Scout Taylor Compton and Danielle Harris, the women of Halloween, like the 2007 one. And their panel's actually fun because I've been to a lot of panels where it's the same things you hear all the time. Theirs was really cool. Just I can't, I'm not just going to repeat the whole panel, but lots of cool stories that I didn't know, like how Halloween 2 filmed across the lot from Zombieland and like the cast hanging out, like how Scout didn't know about the big white horse in Halloween 2 either. Um, just all this little stuff like that was really fun. Like, I really enjoyed that one. Daniel Harris saying how Donald Pleasant smelled like bourbon and yelled at her and yes. when she makes that face is because he smells like bourbon so much. Those are my probably two of my favorite stories. Um, and there's three that really stick out for me. It's uh, someone asked him about asked Daniel Harris about Donald Pleasance and working with him. And she was even like, I was very young. But what I remember of him is like he was always very sweet and nice. He always smelled like bourbon. <laughs> Yeah, I love she's like, you know, in uh, Halloween five, when he's screaming in my face and I make that weird, like kind of face it's because I was smelling bourbon on his breath, which <laughs> explains why Loomis is so batshit crazy in part five. Yeah. And um, I love where she was saying about like the horse and like, what the fuck's a white horse doing here? And how like Halloween t Rob Zombies Halloween two is basically like three movies like duct taped together. Yeah, and they're all out of order and everything. And then we got the Kane Hodder story. Oh, that Kane Hodder uh, lost his virginity in a brothel. Which, I, and like, Daniel Harris just kind of like casually mentions this. Everyone in the entire like hall starts laughing and like it's this big up, like not like a bad uproar, but this big like, ha ha ha, like holy shit. Yeah. Also, I loved when someone went to go ask the question and he, he goes, I heard a rumor, she's like, I'm not in the new Halloween movie. Right away, I, uh, that was the question. Yeah, which is so, it to, A, it was so funny how she handled it, because she could have been like... But she wasn't mean. It was no. funny. Yeah, she did it in a funny way of, she could have been like, no. And then just been angry, or just been like, I don't want to say anything about that. But I like how she's like, I heard a rumor, it's not true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was pretty much it. I got some cool stuff. Like I said, I got some poster sign. We got to meet some people. I like their work a lot. I got an Elvira Ouija board. Um, some uh, movies that I've been trying to hunt down. You know, just some cool shit. I had a really good time. Yeah, and um, I say I got some cool shit too. Most of my stuff consisted of, consists of either Ed Gein shit or Slumber Party Massacre Two randomly. I was just happy to see some Slumber Party Massacre Two stuff in the wild. Oh, that's when I we um went by like all the booths, and it, was it only Flesh their booth? Yeah, a band I my one of my old bands got to play with a couple times, so it's cool running into them, talking to them again. But they had a bunch of merch set up, like the, not just their band merch, like stuff they make and sell at cons and stuff. Yeah, that's where I have my tiny little drill killer guitar on my desk now. That I like, even though it was like uh, I don't I don't know if it's quite worth what they're charging. I was and it's not like it was like way overpriced, but I was like, ah, I'm kind of on the fence about it. But then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I need to buy this because when have I ever seen anything Slumber Party Massacre 2? True. We did a whole bonus episode based on that premise because you never see anything from it. Yeah. And uh, and they gave us like a shit ton of stickers, which I am a mad like I'm a whore for stickers. Yeah. Um, and then like real quick too, like we saw that this dude had like a million autographs and we're kind of walking by and we see, look up and there's a Charles Manson autograph. And we're like, how did you get that? And the guy was super nice. Like you get some vendors where like, they're like, are you going to buy it? Then no, this guy like talked to us for quite a while. I went back and talked to him again, like right when we were about to leave. Cause he also had a Bella Lugosi autograph that was $1,100. And I was this close to calling Liz and being like, sell my car, PayPal me the money, I'm buying this. <laughs> I mean, solid investment if you did. Yeah. But um, I after talking to him, uh, I ended up getting Ed Gein's, uh, it's a copy, but of his fingerprints and his death certificate that is now framed in the podcast room. Oh, cool. I, I saw you get it. I didn't see it go up yet. Yeah, I took down a Chasing Amy poster had to come down so Ed Gein could go up. Yeah. I had the same problem here. I know you were quite happy. I took down Jason Takes Manhattan to put up the um, Jason Lives because that one was signed. And I imagine you were dancing at this. Oh, yeah. You promptly threw it away, right? No, I still have it right here. I just got to find a new spot for it. Ah, oh, damn it. How about the basement? 
<laughs> I don't have a finished basement. It's like a nasty basement. Exactly. Just put it on the floor. <laughs> All right. You ready to tell the good people what we have next week? I'll let you take this one. Oh, yes, I cannot wait for next week. Like, I'd, I had a great time with Autopsy of Jane Doe, but I had never seen it before, so I didn't know what to expect. Next week, knowing what we're doing, I'm like, holy shit. Which is They're kind of connected. They fit together pretty well. They really do, yeah, with, like, the medical stuff and, like, um, Herbert West doing all of his experience uh, experiments, which we're doing Reanimator. Yeah. West. Our first Lovecraft we hit, huh? Yeah. What did you want me to do? Leave a note? Uh, cat dead? Details later? So yeah, guys, if you want to watch Reanimator, I watched it on Shudder. I think it's on Tubi. And so yeah, if you want to watch ahead, be with us. That's what we'll be doing next Friday. Yeah, so good. buckle up for that one, because that's going to be a fun episode. Oh, for sure. But yeah, um, follow us on all the social medias that you can think of. Just search Throbbing with Horror. You'll see our pumpkin show up. Yeah, we'll be there. Check out Greg on his other show, Geek Positive with Maxwell. Um, you guys did Eternals, like I said, which was a lot of fun hearing your guys' different takes on it. And um, I believe you have another special one coming up really soon, too. Yeah, I'm recording it literally like three hours after this. We're doing a Ghostbusters Afterlife. That should be up by the time this one drops. Yeah, which I can't wait to listen to as well. So That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, I believe Maxwell's going to be showing up here maybe soon relatively soon not next nice. week but yeah so that'll be cool i think is he the last one out of the group that hasn't been on yet he is i'm like you gotta get on here already so it's about time yeah i'm excited to have maxwell on it'll be fun but yeah um check us out next week for a uh, reanimator unless you have anything else greg no that's it all right well uh we'll see you next week and we hope that autopsy of jane doe has left your brain throbbing with horror